0: Here's a little song to start the show It's over now, let's go Hey, hey, check, check Hey, it's Brian Jost here uh, My friends and bandmates Jimmy, Bob, and Carl are with me Say hello, guys Hey,
1: everybody, this is Bob Hey,
0: listeners, this is Carl
2: Hello again, this is Jimmy on the vocoder We
0: are the band called Eureka Point Lighthouse And this is our podcast Check out our website EurekaPointLighthouse.com There's a link to my memoir there. There's um, more music. There's a shitty blog. There are probably some links to some books we've been discussing in the podcast or going to discuss, uh, including some uh, DBT, dialectical behavior therapy information. And what else did we talk about? Oh, that book, Chatter by ethan cross uh full title is chatter the voice in our head why it matters and how to harness it uh we discussed that a little bit in the last episode i think it was the last episode we'll probably talk about some more things from that book i don't know about if it'll be in this episode or not but
1: we'll see what are we talking about in this episode
0: well i was kind of thinking of starting with a song what do you guys think Ah. I thought we were going to start with a letter from a listener. Uh, it's, I thought we agreed on that, too. Yeah, we sort of did. Jimmy, what do you think? Uh, I think
2: it might be nice to start with a song this time and then do the letter. What is the letter
0: about? I think it was about meditation. Oh, nice. Let I, me take a look. I like meditation. I think it's kind of hard to do.
2: Carl, you do not understand. It is not difficult to meditate. All you need to do is do nothing.
0: Ah, oh, easier said than done, I've got, I've got the letter here. It is about meditation. It's the one. Um, well, now that I'm holding in this letter, should I just read it, or should we do a song first?
2: Let's do a song. I would like to play a recording of Cup
1: of Coffee.
0: Oh, I kind of like that one. It's kind of weird, though. I, I would like a cup of coffee. Jimmy, do you have... Uh, Which recording are you going to play? Which version?
2: I have a recording here from February of 2022.
0: Okay, and so this song, Cup of Coffee, Jimmy wrote back in January of 2019. Uh, Wow, that long ago already. Dang. And just like most of the songs we've been working on, we have a bunch of different versions, different recordings, different sounds, different... I don't know. different chord progressions, different keys can't figure out anything here. Um, who's ready for the song?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm the.
3: Give me a beat.
2: okay, here we go.
3: I'm going to have a cup of coffee and save the world When I'm finished, I'll get the girl She's going to come along with me on my motorbike Up to Alaska for as long as we like Forget everything you know about reality Pulling all my strings at once Watching my lips swing back and forth Hanging me halfway out the only door Everyone thinks suicide is wrong I don't know why they feel that so strong I'm not sure what I think anymore Bathroom door goes halfway open. No caffeine in my cup But they make coffee all night long I stay quiet, say nothing's wrong Forget everything you know about humanity there goes my friend ADH and with secrets just for me of course He travels back and forth through hidden doors Jack in the short term redhead best friend turned to me in my house She said don't mind him, his mind goes back and forth
0: I think that's the end of the song. Oh, we couldn't figure that out, Bob. It was interesting to hear that older version with, now that we have this, uh, that. well, there's this newer big change. Eh, I don't Why am I talking about it? I'm not even... It's, we'll play a newer version in another episode sometime soon, maybe, um, which I think if... If I get to an open mic to perform something, it might be the newer version of Cup of Coffee. We'll see. One of the ones that I need to maybe do. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, whoa, you okay there, Brian? Uh, yeah, I just... was trying. Try, never mind. Okay. Hey, how, do you know that song,
1: Cup of Coffee, Like, Do you want to talk about what it is all about?
0: Ooh. Well, we could. I don't know. What do you think? Does it destroy the... The... Uh, mystery of what the lyrics might mean if we discuss the song?
1: Oh, I don't know. I think it might be okay. I mean, it's probably pretty confusing to people.
2: I
0: don't want it to be a mystery. I don't like mysteries. I
2: think we can explain it a little bit.
0: Okay. Well, the song is definitely all about a hospitalization that I had in 2009. A psychiatric Hospitalization um, after a uh, manic type episode period of experiencing delusions and actually my first psychotic episode, um, and it's also this this story that the song's kind of about is it's also in my memoir. And
1: that's like um, it, is that so that's you have agent. Orange, in there, right? His yeah. Eddie, Eddie Agent. Orange. Yeah, his
0: name was Eddie. He was always wearing orange, like all orange clothes, and like I just have these really, really vivid visual memories of of him: orange shorts and t-shirt and hat, and and uh, yeah. When I was all out of my mind, he was like, uh, you know, everybody around me in the hospital according to my delusional mind was either not everybody, but that most people were either FBI agents um, or there were evil people there trying to kill me. Um, there were also angels and and demons and um, possessed people. And, you know, like my mind had, my mind had this very creative story going on about my environment uh, in the hospital. And Eddie Agent Orange, he was a good guy. He was, he was like on my side. Um And so he was, you know, I thought he was like giving me secret information and, and uh, anyway, yeah. So Jimmy took, Jimmy took the stuff he read in my memoir and, and turned it into this song. Um I don't know how much more I want to really explain.
1: Oh, that's okay. I mean, I think that's a, that's a good start.
0: Yeah. That's better than nothing. Okay, what's next? What do we have?
2: We are supposed to read that letter about meditation.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, so this letter, uh, another letter, handwritten letter, messy, another messy handwritten letter that came to my home. Uh, Don't know where people are getting my mailing address. And this one's addressed to all four of us. It says... Dear Brian, Bob, Carl, and Jimmy, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing some of your experiences of living with bipolar disorder, anxiety, and other struggles. I am curious if you ever use meditation to help your mental health. It has taken me several years to develop a meditation practice. It helps a lot when I can get myself to do it, although I often get distracted just before I am about to start. For example, this morning, I sat in my usual spot for meditating, and as I looked at my phone to make sure my ringer and alarms were turned off to avoid any interruptions, I noticed several new emails had arrived since going to bed last night. One email was a notification about owing money for my son's basketball tournaments. Another was a response from my son's dentist commenting on a picture of my son's chipped front teeth, which... Happened yesterday in school. There were other emails, too, that made me start thinking about other parenting responsibilities and scheduling concerns. Before I looked at my phone to check the ringer and alarms, I was a little excited to meditate. As soon as I saw those emails, though, I became completely overwhelmed by life and by my responsibilities as a parent. Meditation seemed pointless, and I ended up skipping it this morning. I know that was a mistake, and that I still have time to meditate today, and maybe I will try again. I don't really have a point to this letter. Maybe I'm wondering, if any of you guys meditate, do you have any suggestions on how to stick with your practice and avoid distractions? Thanks for making the podcast. I look forward to hearing more episodes. Signed, Distractable Dude.
2: Thanks for the letter distractable dude.
0: Well, I always get distracted when I try to meditate, yeah. so I totally know what they're saying.
1: Yeah, I get distracted too.
0: Yeah, I I do too. And well, to answer this distractable dude's letter, um I guess first, thanks for the compliments about the podcast and I think it's it's nice to hear someone noticing And appreciating that we are being vulnerable as we make this podcast and and share some personal stuff about our mental health, Uh, we definitely hesitate. I for sure um, hesitate making this podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I do. I do. I definitely think we're just making a big, big mistake. Oh yeah, me too. I've tried to tell you guys that from the beginning, but no, you just keep going.
2: Well, Brian, I have told you before and I will tell you again, it could be a huge mistake, but you've been talking about doing this for so long that you have to just try it and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I know. You kind of keep talking me into it. Uh, Anyway, um, it has been difficult to do it. And I just, uh, so thanks to Distractable dude for the compliments. That's helpful. And now to answer Distractable dudes questions, uh, do we meditate? Yes, we all do. Uh, let's see. How would he ask? How do you stick to your meditation practice and how do you avoid distractions? Um, well, the distraction part, I would say it seems pretty obvious, at least for a distractible dude to uh maybe you should get rid of your phone or i mean keep it in another room or something i have that problem and i know a lot of other people do and and i and i think i know this because i um so my phone's on me like almost all the time it's horrible and when i meditate it's usually in the morning early and I need an end time in case I'm like really getting into this deep meditation where I might meditate too long. i need an I need a timer. I need something to stop me because maybe it's time for me to wake up my kids for school um, and then there's this other thing that is a problem where I have my phone on and and the ringer is on at least on vibrate, even while meditating often if If my wife is gone, like at the gym in the morning, I feel like I need to know if she's trying to reach me, like in case she has a flat tire and needs help or something. Um, So I don't feel like I can not have my phone with me and on, but then I will look at my phone sometimes to set a timer if I need an end time or, or I'm using one of my own kind of guided meditation, positive self-talk audio recordings that I've created for myself. And maybe that has some like white noise or ocean wave sound in the background, um, which I can use that as sort of a timer because it has a definite length to it, but it's still, I'm still using my phone to get that started and headphones connected to the phone and all that. So I do the same thing where, if I see my phone screen and I see notifications of emails or texts or calendar reminder, then, then I'm just like all messed up. Like it just, I just, it just opens a door to distraction. And so all of this led me to thinking, I just need like a separate timer. Like just a, it's an alarm clock separate, not anything to do with my phone and I need to just turn my ringer off and forget about needing my phone on. And and then as I thought about the alarm clock, I thought, well, wouldn't it be nice to have a timer that wasn't a loud alarm clock buzzing? Um, like we have a couple in the house, just some little separate standalone battery-powered alarm clocks. But they're super loud and annoying. And I thought it would be nice to have an alarm clock for meditation that played the, the, the bell, Is it called a prayer bowl, like that gong sound, that bing, whatever it is. Um, like if the alarm, if that's, if it made that sound at the end of the, the alarm. So I searched online for things like that and they definitely exist. And, uh, which made me think, okay, if this is a product that exists, then there must be lots of people who actually want it. Um, And there was one that looked very useful, the way the settings worked and options. And it was very much created with the intention of using it for meditation. But I thought it was a little expensive, so I haven't purchased it yet. Um, Anyway, but just that experience of me having the the distraction from my phone and then searching for the... That alarm clock made me think. Wow, I'm not the only one that's being distracted by their phone and the and the internet and whatever social media, email, blah blah blah. Um, let's see. How much was that timer? Oh, I think it was forty nine dollars, which seemed like a lot to me. Well, it might be worth it, though. Yeah, it might actually. We'll see. Think about it.
2: Oh, I think you should buy it and try it. Maybe we should get four of them.
0: I did see that if you buy two, it's a little cheaper. Like, I think maybe it was $89 for two, but I don't need two. I only personally need one. Well, we
1: could just place two orders of two so we could each have one and save a little money.
0: Well, this is true, but I still don't know if I want to spend that much. We'll see. So what about the distractible dude's other question? What was it? Um, It was, how do you... S- how do you stick with your meditation practice? And and maybe that means like beyond just the little distractions. I don't know if that's what they mean. I know uh, for me, it's a lot about a routine and developing a habit. And it's, it's been many years of me on and off working on meditation to, to get to the place where I feel like I can actually do it, and that I actually get something out of it. And I try to meditate most mornings. It doesn't happen every morning, um, and I kind of go back and forth between the first thing that I do after after getting my coffee and getting settled into my chair in my morning spot to either either journaling kind of a stream of consciousness brain dump thing for a while or meditating first, um, kind of go back and forth with those two things. A lot of it depends on how much time I have. Um, and then maybe let's see.
1: Maybe you should, uh, tell people how, what you do exactly. Like, how do you meditate?
0: Oh, sure. I guess like, um, so it's, I feel weird telling people what I do because I've heard a lot and read a lot of different things about meditation. And, you know, some of the information comes off as there's a right way to do it. And I don't fully believe that. Um, I have developed some practices that work for me that you might hear are not the right way to do it. Like I sit in a recliner chair. Um, often the footstool is up and I'm not really reclined back, but I am leaning on the back of the chair. And usually I would he- Find in like meditation instruction about sitting in the like quarter lotus posture on the floor, on you know, sitting on like a, uh, a pillow or a pad, uh, legs crisscrossed, um, that kind of thing. Or if you need to be in a chair because of your body hurting and can't sit on the floor, then that you're sitting. Forward towards the front of the seat and your back is upright not resting on the chair But for me, I'm often just actually sitting in the chair the way you would sit in a chair Like if I were to sit in a chair to to read a book, that's how I kind of how I might sit when I'm meditating Um, So a lot of people would tell me I'm doing it wrong just based on that Uh, sometimes I listen to white noise or the sound of waves Uh, I like to also listen sometimes to the sound of a train, like a recording that I play from an app. That's the sound of being on a moving train as a passenger within the train. I like that sound. Um, Sometimes I don't listen to any sounds and it's just silent. Um, And then... My, I think of it as four steps for myself. The first is to sit down and just be still like, just focus on not moving my body. And that might be for one minute, two minutes, three minutes. I don't know, just kind of however long for me to realize that I should move on to what is my step two, which is to just notice my breath. And notice how my breathing is. Is it is it fast or slow or deep or shallow? Um, And then, and I don't worry about my thoughts yet. I just no trying to notice my breath. And then, uh, and then, kind of the next step for me is to actually focus on the breath and try to change it and slow it down, make it deeper. Uh, And and then this is where I start working on letting my thoughts go, also. And, and I add some uh, visualization where I often do this, where I visualize that I'm holding a plant, a green leafy plant, and it's not in a, it's not in any sort of container and i'm holding it by kind of the roots and it's just kind of a dirty rooty mess and there's a lot of water condensation on the on the plant and dripping down off the roots and then there's nothing else in the background it's just black darkness and then i visualize uh, i visualize oxygen coming off of the plant uh, and I visualize that as a green gas. And I visualize visualize myself inhaling the green oxygen. And I watch the green oxygen travel throughout my body. And then I see myself exhale blue carbon dioxide towards the plant. And I watch the plant absorb that. And, and I just see that cycle continue. And, and so this plant is kind of surrounded by this, these clouds of green and blue gas coming and going and kind of mixing and um, passing back and forth between myself and the plant. And, and then if, if or when, because it always happens when, po- when thoughts pop up, then I use a visualization technique to try to let go of those thoughts and for me my favorite most helpful uh technique is to suddenly um allow myself to see more than just the plant and i am next to a river or stream and there is a tree on the other side of the water And whatever my thought is, I, I like visually force it up onto a leaf of that tree. And that thought is on that leaf, which pulls the leaf down and the leaf lands in the flowing water and I watch it flow away and get smaller and disappear. And then that thought for me is gone and I'm go and then I go back to the plant.
1: You know that's so uh, very similar to a lot of things I've learned in DBT.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. It's um it, DBT probably helped me come up with the visualization that I use both the the plant visual- visualization and then the and then the one with like the tree and the leaf. I may have even learned that specifically from DBT. I can't remember. Uh, DBT, Dialectical Behavior Therapy, we've talked about it in the podcast.
1: Yeah, and even like, I think it's like part of like the wise mind stuff like that we already talked about in the podcast.
0: Yeah, and, and mindfulness and meditation, I mean, there's so much overlap and mindfulness is is like, I think, the way I took it with DBT was like the biggest core part of DBT dbt was mindfulness oh yeah that's what i that's that's how i think of it too that's why uh, we always went back to mindfulness between the four main topics oh yeah and i don't know if we mentioned the four main topics of dbt but at least what we've learned um mindfulness skills interpersonal effectiveness skills emotion regulation skills and distress tolerance skills yep that's it and and uh Everything that I've experienced in DBT programs is we'd go through mindfulness to start with at the beginning of a program. And then you go on to the next section, interpersonal skills, and then you go back to mindfulness and then you do emotion regulation and then you go back to mindfulness and then you do distress tolerance and back to mindfulness that might be different in other programs with different healthcare providers, but the, my, my three attempts at DBT programs with two different providers were both set up like that. And now I'm thinking about this, this mindfulness stuff and all the info in DBT about mindfulness, like just a thought for me working on mindfulness techniques and practices feels, feels a little easier than thinking about having a strong, consistent meditation practice. And and for me, maybe maybe learning about mindfulness practices was a way to ease into meditation. I don't know if that makes sense. Or maybe that maybe the two just have so much in common that that as I struggled developing struggled with developing a meditation practice, The more I learned about mindfulness practices, the more I was able to be open to meditation. I don't know if I'm really speaking anything true about this. I haven't thought about this before. I just, that thought just came out. So uh, whatever. Um, What was I going to say though? Oh, oh, uh, another resource for meditation for anyone who is trying to understand what meditation is and how to do it. There is... A meditation teacher who I know, who I think is a mo- a more of a, an appropriate teacher than, than me just telling people what I do. And his name is Andrew Archer, and he's a friend of mine, and he's a client of mine. My, my work is podcast production. He pays me to help him produce his podcast that uh, that we got started a couple of years ago, and the, his podcast title is "The Subversive Therapist," which is about what the digital world is doing to us and what we can do about it. He has an episode that is all about the question of meditation and how to meditate, and. It's his uh, Series 1, Series or Season 1, Part 9. The title is Epilogue, The Question of Meditation. And Andrew is a licensed independent social worker. He has been trained in Zen Buddhism. He teaches meditation to people as young as preschoolers, and he is a parents of he has three kids and uh, so he definitely can relate to the kids uh, he does meditation training with all of his therapy clients in that episode that series one part nine nine epilogue the question of meditation really i think is a good overview for someone who doesn't know much about meditation and is curious thinking about starting check it out the podcast title is the subversive therapist Oh, you'll find it out there. Oh, what's next here? Let's
2: be done with this show. Let's just play some music for the end.
1: Yeah, can we play something that feels better, like happy, something positive?
0: Yeah, I actually told Jimmy to pull up the one called Ergonomics, because... Yes,
2: Ergonomics.
0: That is uh, a very happy song for me. It makes me feel really good, and, and... I don't think I've mentioned that I've been writing a screenplay, and I don't know if I should mention it, because I'll probably never finish it. But this song, Ergonomics, I keep thinking is going to be the closing credits song. Like, that's what's going to play at the end of the movie. Um, we'll see. Are
1: you close to finishing the screenplay? Oh,
0: God, no. I and in, 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 No, not at all. It, it's a disaster. Well, don't give up. Just keep working on it. Yeah, I'm trying not to give up. Um, All right, let's end it here. Uh, Thanks for listening to another episode. Check out the website, eurekapointlighthouse.com. There's a link to my memoir. There's a link to more music. There's our shitty blog. Uh, There is a, um, hopefully, uh, some links to a DBT book, Dialectical Behavior Therapy. Um, Maybe some other stuff we've been talking about. And, oh, uh, Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, 988 and then there's also a mental health resource, NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, online at nami.org, N A M I. All right, Jimmy, play ergonomics.